0: Hello, it's David here. Thank you for listening to the Leader Coronavirus Daily. If you like the podcast, you can really help us grow the audience by simply hitting the rate button on your podcast provider. That tells them it's something that people like listening to. A review would be lovely too, and it would be amazing if you could share it. Use the hashtag TheLeaderPodcast on social media. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm David Marsland. How the George Floyd protests in the States are risking the resurgence of coronavirus and why they think it's a risk worth taking. The
1: overwhelming number of people involved in the protests tend to be younger and younger people, as we know, appear to be less vulnerable to the virus. So if there's any reason or logic, then that would be it.
0: In New York, columnist Philip Dalvis-Broughton on pressure for authorities to change tactics as Donald Trump threatens to send the army in. And
2: now, the report itself uh, is showing what we already knew, that the people from ethnic minority backgrounds are disproportionately dying with coronavirus.
0: Chair of the British International Doctors' Association, Dr Chandra Kanaganti, as an official report confirms a frightening link between ethnicity and Coronavirus. <laughs> Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, the George Floyd protests.
1: Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard rugby podcast brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening.
0: These are the scenes in almost every state in the US. Enormous crowds, no room between them, shouting, singing. And when the police fire tear gas, as in here at Fort Lauderdale, screaming. Tear gas makes you cough. Coughing spreads coronavirus. Many states are close to coming out of lockdown, like New York.
3: How many super spreaders were in that crowd? How many young people went home and kissed their mother hello? or shook hands with their father.
0: Governor Andrew Cuomo has begged people to take care, but not to stop protesting. For him and others, the demonstrations sparked by the death of George Floyd, a black man, at the hands of a white police officer, while three others stood by, are too important to America. Meanwhile, Donald Trump's threatening to send in the army, and our editorial column is appalled.
3: America has leaders who have risen to the horrific challenge of calming rage on the streets of many of its cities, but Mr. Trump is not one of them.
1: Today, I have strongly recommended to every governor to deploy the National Guard in sufficient numbers that we dominate the streets.
3: He has called the protesters terrorists and state governors who are trying to cope jerks. He has encouraged the militarization of the response, which has only fueled the rage. Black lives! Black lives! Black lives! He has shown no sign of recognizing that the event which sparked this crisis was truly awful. Almost every state has been hit by this disaster. There are pictures of violence and destruction from coast to coast. In the middle of coronavirus, the consequences could not be worse. Chaos will not be beaten back by force. The choice is not between protest and politics. We have to do both, Barack Obama argues. The whole world will be hoping his country listens to the 44th president and not the 45th.
0: Evening Standard columnist Philip Dalvis-Broughton is in New York. Philip, are the protesters aware of the coronavirus risk or do they just think it's worth it?
1: Well, I think there are lots of ways to look at that. One of that those the, the overwhelming number of people involved in the protests tend to be younger, and younger people, as we know, appear to be less vulnerable to the virus. So if there's any reason or logic, then that would be it. Um, but of course, New York is far from out of the woods yet on the virus. It's been the most badly hit area in the United States, and perhaps you know in the Western world, short of northern Italy. Um, huge amounts of cases, deaths. The hospital system seems to have come through this unscathed. Uh, but of course, uh, it would be a natural worry. New York was just on the brink of starting to think about lo- opening up, letting people reuse the sort of uh, well, the subways have been open, but you know, encouraging more people to use them, reopening offices, and all of this has just sort of blown up and 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 sent those uh, plans sky high. So yes, when you see thousands and thousands of people on the streets in close proximity, some not all wearing masks, then all of the government's efforts over the past two or three months start to. Um, look rather futile if there is another outbreak.
0: One of the things that some doctors have raised concerns about is the use of tear gas because of course tear gas makes people cough and there are some people are worried about how the police have been responding to things. What's been the situation in New York where you are Philip?
1: Well New York is yesterday there was a dramatic scene when the chief police took a knee along with the protesters and said you know we understand no one no one in the police is defending what happened to george floyd uh, there's no there have been cases in the past where police have argued that they were under threat they took actions to kind of defend themselves that led to an, you know a death um, there's none of that in this case it was an out and out homicide it's what uh, minneapolis is describing it as everyone who's seen that video can tell it for what it is uh the police weren't under threat there was no doubt in this case and the new york police are saying we we're on your side this was a disgrace now please stop trashing your own city. And, you know, there has been aggression, but you've also seen looters and you have divisions among protesters. Some protesters are saying, well, you know, we're here to protest, we're here to protest quietly to make our case about police treatment of uh, blacks in America, uh, and perhaps wrap into that some anti-Trump protests. What it's not about is looting Nike stores and Macy's and Bergdorf Goodman and all the big stores across Manhattan. That seems to be the act of um, you know, criminals who have, have used this to their own advantage.
0: And we've heard Donald Trump in uh, the leaked tape talking about dominating the protesters. He's uh, referred to some of them as being terrorists. Is there a feeling that Donald Trump, though, is on top of this situation, Philip?
1: Um, well, not just in the leaked tape. He said that very clearly. He used those words dominate. He used domestic terrorism in his speech, his public statements yesterday. Um, So this isn't just something he was saying behind closed doors, he's using that rhetoric publicly now. Uh, It certainly feels like this situation has been inflamed by him rather than tamped down. You can imagine another president in another time deciding to call the governors in, holding some sort of summit to try and address the subject, perhaps issuing, uh, doing a nationalised TV address. But those aren't the tools that Donald Trump has ever used. He uses confrontation, aggression. He punches people back in the face when they come at him. Uh, And the question is, you know, has this made the situation worse? How much longer can it go on like this before there is some measure of conciliation and, and people come together and start talking? But Trump has given every indication that he wants to impose order by whatever means possible. If it involves calling in the army, he'll do that. Uh, and right now that's not helping.
0: Is there a strategy to this? Is this something that Donald Trump ironically can use? I am the only person who can bring back control to the cities type of thing.
1: Well, Donald Trump's one of his main tricks is, is this projection of, of strength. He regards that as his greatest political asset. He says and does things that no other politician would dare say or do, and that includes going toe-to-toe with these protesters. Um, he too uh, you know, has said that the killing of George Floyd was outrageous and disgusting. He's not challenging that. What he's challenging, of course, is the civil unrest, the challenges to police on the streets, the violence... And there will be many Americans who agree with him on that, that you know, appalling as Floyd's death was, this is no reason to start destroying, tearing up our cities. Um, there's reasons to protest, but not to loot. Uh, so to some extent, he will get that. But I think a lot of people, even amongst his own supporters, will say that's a reasonable point to make, that you need to restore order. But there's also a sense that the country's going up in flames. You have a combination of a pandemic an economic collapse and all of this, and the country's looking for answers. And while some of his supporters love him being the strong man and the aggressor, there will be many who will say, no, it's it's too worrying now for that kind of um, stagecraft. Uh, they want some real, real politics. Is support swaying away from him? I think there is a sense that um, he is meeting violence with aggression, and there is a lack of conciliation. People think back to the 60s, that's where all the echoes are. When you had leaders like Martin Luther King, you had Robert Kennedy, you had many people who were calling for peace and um, discussion and an end to the violence. And those voices are being drowned out right now by the noise coming out of the White House, which is, which is anything
2: but conciliatory. Next. We are, we are understandably angry about uh, the way... Uh, not much attention has been given about this important issue, which has been raised for almost now two months now, you know.
0: Dr. Chandra Kanaganti, black and Asian groups are twice as likely to die from coronavirus as white people. What can be done about that? Public Health England has published a review which has confirmed that Black, Asian and minority ethnic people are more likely to die from COVID-19. It found that those of Bangladeshi ethnicity had around twice the risk of death than those from a white British background. Joining me now is Dr Chandra Kanaganti, who is chair of the British International Doctors' Association. First of all, your reaction to what's contained in this report.
2: I'm glad that the report has been released. We actually contacted Matt Hancock this morning. Now, the report itself uh, is showing what we already knew—that the people from ethnic minority backgrounds are disproportionately dying with coronavirus. It has shown some uh, information which is important, like age remains the biggest risk factor. People of Bangladeshi ethnicity have twice the risk of death from people of uh, compared to people of white British ethnicity, and we also came to know the risk is higher for the. Asian, Caribbean, black ethnicities too. But uh, we already knew this information and we want something to be done about this to prevent any unfortunate deaths of black and minor ethnic uh, communities across UK. This report does not show any actions.
0: But what kind of action can be taken?
2: So uh, if the analysis have shown that a person's occupation is responsible for them to have a higher chance of them having the COVID uh, virus and higher chance of dying because of their health problems like diabetes, hypertension, uh, which, which actually the report mentions, then we would need to protect them. We need to protect them from frontline jobs where they're exposed to this virus more. So that's a simple action we we're trying to achieve. The analysis did not consider a person's occupation or obesity, even though we know that both are known risk factors for getting seriously ill with coronavirus, you know. So there's a lot of understand, advice people about the risk. It acknowledges in the report, but it has not gone further to come with this clear actions, to telling employers, for example, that uh, if you do a risk assessment, these risks are there, so please protect your employees, you know, uh, of black and minor ethnic uh, origin.
0: So missing out that information, because it doesn't include details on occupation and how that affects people, that's quite a major myth.
2: It is, and, and uh, the report does look at disparities by age and sex, uh, geography, deprivation, ethnicity, and uh, other health conditions like diabetes, hypertension. That's good. But to be honest, we already knew that. And it has come with a lot of statistics. When 86 pages of statistics is not what we're looking for, even one page of actions, how to protect Black and minority ethnic lives would have made a huge difference. I think I saw the comment by our health secretary saying that they will follow this with actions. But I think the action should follow from now. We have so much evidence there which proves again and again the same thing we already knew.
0: Is this a medical problem or a societal one?
2: So we need to understand is there a direct link with the people's financial status and the COVID virus, you know? We have to think about why this is not happening, the similar proportion in Indian subcontinent. Indian subcontinent had only 0.1 hundred thousand deaths when compared to what is happening here, you know? We need to understand there's something happening in our country where uh, more than just uh, health conditions, there's something about their uh, economic status and their deprivation is actually responsible for disproportionate causes of death in black and minority ethnics. You're
0: a GP. Have you been worried about yourself as you've seen the figures stack up and seeing where it looked like it was going?
2: Well, I I think it's uh, important to recognise that uh, the people who died more are... 80 year older they are almost 70 times more likely dying than those under 40 i'm 44 now i have taken the risk and i currently work in a covid hot clinic where we see suspected covid patients as a gp we know that at some point we will get it and when we get it we will be probably disproportionately much worse compared to others so we are, we are already accepted that fact that's going to happen we are hoping that this research like this one which is published today will come with much more evidence about so that we can protect ourselves, we can protect our black and minority ethnic colleagues who are in their patients uh, facing roles and exposed to the virus on a daily basis.
0: And knowing all of that, knowing that you are likely to get COVID-19 and telling people, telling the government that this is what is happening, it must have been frustrating for you that nothing appeared to be being done.
2: This pandemic is exposed. Huge disparities in the health of our nation. So we we are, we are understandably angry about uh, the way uh, not much attention has been given about this important issue, which has been raised for almost now two months now. You know this is not the case that uh, the actions have not happened yet. You know, and we do have some kind of uh, we came with our risk assessment tools in general practice, for example, and we are protecting some colleagues who are at high risk of uh, COVID-19. But uh, that's because we did it ourselves, not because uh, we have a proper guidance that has come from the government. You know? But uh, I'm sure uh, when uh, Matt Hancock, health secretary, has ordered this review, he did it with good intention. I hope actually follows his some good actions as well so that uh, at least uh, some lives of black and minority communities uh, are protected from now onwards.
0: And that's the leader coronavirus daily. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standards live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.